Well, well, well. What a surprise. Dan's not here again. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, look, I've got a few guests. Actually, we're going to roll through in a bit of a special guest episode of the Game On Australia podcast. Attack commences in 60 seconds. Welcome to the Game On Australia podcast on this Thursday, the 22nd of November. A couple of days after my birthday. No big deal. Thank you for the prezzies. Really appreciate it. Uh, as we record this in overcast Perth at the moment, as we always say, beautiful weather for gaming. Uh, on the way in this episode, top three things, we're going to be catching up with our good friend Rails May. She is one of the managers of EB Games out here in the West. She's going to take us through the Black Friday sales and we'll pick her brain on uh, what's going to be happening over Christmas as well for your buying. Uh, we're also catching up with Alex Chang. He's the tournament director for Convictus Esports. They have an incredible tournament coming up in December, which is also going to feature OG, the winners of the International uh, Dota 2 series this year. And also the founder and director, Chris Smith, from Big Esports, about his special announcement. Welcome. My name is Pete. Uh, no Dan the Internet this week. He will be back next week. He's away in the Eastern States uh, as we speak. But uh, look, for the next hour, I, with some guests, are going to bang on about gaming uh, because we bloody love gaming. You know what else we bloody love? Let me hear it. That's right. Bloody gaming. Uh, big thanks to our mates over at andrewhogue.com, who you might be listening to this on right now. Uh, you can also check out all of the amazing reviews and everything going on from our great team of creators at GameOnOz. That's AUS.com. And uh, don't forget to find us across all socials. And a big, big hello and thank you to our uh, good friends over at PLE Computers, our tech sponsor. Now, when I say get across our socials, go to Facebook, like the page or follow the page. I don't care. Do what it takes. The reason being, we've just about locked away 12 massive prizes from 12 different publishers and developers, including Xbox, from around the country. The 12 Games of Christmas is on its way. And we'll tell you more next week because next week is when we start the pre-promoting the whole thing. So um, you're going to hear about all the different prizes, the way you can get involved, the way you can win. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. As I am to get stuck into this little ditty. So the top three things the gamers need to hear this week, going to be joined by guests for each and every single one of the top three things. Uh, we're going to be talking to Rails May, uh, third bit, I reckon, um, about uh, the Black Friday sales for EB Games. Of course, she manages EB Games out in Williton here in the West. Um, and also talk to her about what we can expect over the Christmas holidays for EB Games as well. We'll get you across that. Um, Chris Smith is from Business in Games. Uh, they've made a bit of a, a name change and quite the leap, actually, to 
Big Esports. He's the founder and director, and he's going to take us through what the change means and what they actually represent in this country when it comes to Australian esports and gaming. It's very, very exciting. Uh, he's been in the industry for a long time, and he's really passionate about it doing well here in this country, which we all are, as we should be. But let's get over to our first guest. Alex Chang is the tournament director for Convictus Esports, which has something very, very exciting coming up very soon. It's the Dota 2 Pro Series. It's happening in Melbourne. There's a $50,000 Australian prize pool. It's the 8th and 9th of December 2018 this year. Not too far away. Convictus.com.au if you want to check out the details. But Alex joins us on the Game in Australia podcast right now. Great to have you on the show, mate. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Now, uh, before we get stuck into the tournament, the pro series, and in particular the teams that are going to be participating, because far out, the lineup is exciting. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do as the tournament director for the Dota 2 Pro Series. Yeah, of course. So, what I do, um, I, I've been involved in the structure of the tournament. Um, I've helped run the qualifiers, and I guess with the event, I'll um, kind of oversee how the teams enter the stage and and that sort of stuff. Um, I guess I also, with my tournament experience, so I've been playing the game for over over 10 years and been in the competitive scene for about the same time. Um, I've got a lot of experience attending tournaments from a player perspective, so I kind of have to go to the other guys, like the finance guys, and say, hey, you know, we, we need this to make sure the players are comfortable and make sure the spectators get the, the value that they're, they're paying for as well. So a bit of, bit of both of those. Those things. A bit of everything. Hey, um, yeah. I just want to go right back to the beginning where you mentioned, you know, you take care of the, the things right down to how the teams actually enter the stadium. Um, and I'm going to make mention of it here. I was going to hold off, but I'll make mention of it here. One of the teams in particular are the winners of the 2018 Dota to the International OG. They will be participating as well as the other ones, which we'll go through in just a moment. But when it comes to the teams entering the stage, how is that all coming together? How is it going to look? And how have you guys, uh, I guess, made it huge for a team as big as OG? Yeah, so with, with OG, um, I guess in terms of how they enter the stage and stuff, we're still, we're still in the works of that because um, uh, we're working with the venue as to you know, where we work the seating, how we work the stage. And um, that, I guess that stuff is, is on the production side, which I'm not entirely handling, but I, I do have a little bit of a say in that. Um, how we got OG down is basically, um, it's, it's quite a small, I would say it's a small tournament in the global perspective. 50,000, um, AUD is, is big for Australia, but for someone like OG who just won, I think it was around 11, 11 they, or 12 million USD. They won 11, they won, uh, $15 million Australian or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mate, the, the, <laughs> you know, arguably the, the most famous Dota 2 pro player in Australia right now, um, Anna, you know, yeah. became the 19th, uh, the, the 19th placed overall earnings sports star in the country, taking home $3.1-odd million himself. So, I mean, far out. To get these guys down to Australia, that was the first thing that popped into my head. How did you do it? Yeah, that was the question for a lot of people as well. Um, so, yeah, what, what they came to us with was basically around that December period, and they actually rejected um, the Kuala Lumpur major qualifier. So 
Um, they were invited to play in that, but they declined because they wanted to rest, which is fair enough. They just won the biggest tournament in the world. <laughs> um, and so we pitched it to them as kind of um, come down. It's it's a good tournament. You get to see your fans. So that's one thing that they do want to participate in. So they want to come and see the fans. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity for the Australian fans to come and see OG. Um, and also, it's a bit of a holiday for them, so they'll be some of them will be staying a little bit longer. And um, Australia, one of the reasons why we're doing it as well is because nothing like this has been done in Australia. So That's a lot right. of these professional Dota players, they haven't experienced what it's like in Australia. So that's that's an appealing thing for some of these players. Um, with uh, with you know these teams, and we'll go through them here. You've got OG, um, your international picks, also number Mineski, um, newbie.mgb, uh, China qualifiers, uh, another one Deathbringer as well. Um, you've got a couple of SEA qualifiers in Alpha Red and PG Barracks, and then you've got the OCE qualifiers, uh, virtually from our backyard, Natural Nine and AGN Black. Um, these teams, uh, you know, they're obviously a big deal, in particular OG. How close will the fans actually be able to get to the teams and the players during the event? So I guess it depends what type of ticket you buy. Um, with the VIP ticket, we're still working out, I guess, where the signing sessions and stuff will be. Um, in terms of the stage, so I guess you can, you'll be able to see them. You'll be as close as um seeing them on the stage. Um, if you have the VIP ticket or the, the premium weekend ticket, um, there'll be signing sessions and I guess you can take photos and, and things like that. But we're, st- I guess, still working out with the venue. Where, whereabouts we'll, we'll have that. Awesome. Um, are OG going to be bringing their trophy down as well that they won from the International? The, the Aegis of the Immortal? Yes. <laughs> um, I, from what I know, I think it's quite a quite a heavy thing, so not sure about that. But, Come yeah, on, that'll... mate. Uh, that'll be fine. <laughs> you just, you know, you either charter a flight or you could store it in the overhead carry-on luggage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a nice piece of metal. That is, uh, that is amazing. So, look, of course, you know, you've got OG and we've mentioned the other teams. What was the process of these teams actually making it to what is now going to be uh, this tournament, the Dota 2 Pro Series, what did they have to do to get there? So OG and Mineski were directly invited, so they didn't have to qualify. Um, however, the other teams, we had a qualifier for Australia, a qualifier for Southeast Asia, and a qualifier for China. So the top two teams from each qualifier went through to the main event. So that's how we got those six teams and then the two invited teams. Awesome. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Convictus Esports as a as an organisation? Because look, I, I must admit, I keep a, a, a weather eye on things um, in the esports and gaming scene. I, I think we all do if we work in the industry. Um, but look, until the Dota Two Pro Series uh, blew up and all of these great announcements came, uh, became what they are and were heard and were announced, th- this was the first that I'd heard of Convictus. So give us a bit of history about this amazing organisation that you guys have. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I guess it started off around late late last year. So this project's been running for about a, a year now. Um, uh, so it started off with the, one of the directors of Zen Gaming Lounge, which is a, a gaming cafe, internet cafe um, in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a relationship with um, the uh, the co-founders of Evolution Events, who run. Um, dance events and they 
they're very experienced in production, so that was kind of the fitting thing. They, the, the Zen Gaming Lounge guys had the background in gaming. These guys had the background in production and stuff like that. So them coming together, it was bound to be a good event. Um, one of the directors approached me um, because we met at a tournament that I played at their, their cafe sometime last year. Um, and yeah, we just had a little chat about what we think of the Australian scene, what we can do to boost it. And he liked my ideas. Um, I just didn't have the business acumen to, I guess, push it forward. Yep. But yeah, he pitched it to me, asking me if I wanted to get involved. And with my passion for, for Dota, um, moving towards my, my older years, um, stepping away from being a player. And I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of stay in the scene um, and also do something really cool, which is host a big tournament, which I've always wanted something like that down here as a player. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's quite a difficult thing. And um, for that opportunity to come, I, I was, you know, all hands on deck, I was saying, you know, uh, I'd love to be involved. And so we came together, we had a meeting, um, everyone was on the same page, what we wanted to do, what we wanted to achieve. And yeah, we, we've, we feel we've executed pretty well so far, maybe not perfect, but um, we've gotten to a stage where we've, we've built the brand where we want it. Uh, it is an extraordinary effort that you guys have put towards. And for our listeners, as I mentioned before, we're talking to Alex Chang, the tournament director of Convictus Esports and this incredible tournament that is coming together that we're talking about. Um, just looking at the tickets now, VIP exclusive um, is the, the most expensive one, $279, but it gets you a two-day VIP event seating, express event access, uh, premium esports bag and VIP signing session with talent and goes right through until um, the $59 one, right down to that for the Saturday ticket, which will get you the one-day event entry. Mate, you mentioned, Alex, your passion for Dota. Uh, look, this is this is something that um, I only found out recently from having spoken to a few people, doing my own research about Convictus and, and about you and, and from speaking to you as well. You've got quite a storied history as a Dota player as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> As I said, I, I've been in the, around the scene for quite a while, um, since the Dota 1 days. Um, I, I competed in some of the tournaments. I guess those tournaments were around $2,000, $3,000, you know, very small in, in terms of what we, in comparison to what we have today. Um, so yeah, Dota's come a long way and I've kind of seen the journey. Um, and yeah, I guess when, I stepped into Dota 2, it was still growing. Um, I mean, a million dollar prize pool, that's when I competed at the, the International 2. Um, so hang on a second, uh, I'm going to stop you there, right? Okay, we're not, we're not moving any further forward until you, <laughs> you talk more about that because that was, that was what I was hoping to get to. Your participation in the International 2. I mean, mate, let's, let's dive into that for a moment. That must have been just an absolutely extraordinary experience for you. Yeah, it was definitely, so as I said, back in Dota 1, the, the tournaments were a lot smaller, the prize pools were smaller, and I guess the production and how the, the teams were treated were a lot smaller. So once we got to the international, um, uh, so it's, it's run by Valve. Valve obviously treated the, the players very well. Mm -hmm. um, we stayed in really nice hotels. Um, all the food and everything was, was catered for. We got to go to the Valve office. That's where we actually played our um, group stages. Yeah. What did you? What did? What was the Valve office like? Um, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's what you imagine. It's it's kind of like a, 
I would say like a nerd's paradise. There's, <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a lot of, you know, uh, a bit of junk food here and there. Like they have yeah. shelves full of chips and stuff. There's, yeah. um, there's drink fridges and everything's free. So you just grab it. Um, they have like pinball machines and um, uh, uh, I can't remember. It was quite a while ago, but I remember they had like foosball tables and, and that kind of stuff. It was just around and, and and I can imagine the like the office would be absolutely littered and peppered with um like like posters and artwork and uh, yeah. and and figures and all sorts of stuff from the actual game, right? Yeah, definitely a lot of figures and um, they had um, trophies and stuff because they they win awards. Um, definitely a lot of decorations. It was really nice, nice atmosphere. Amazing. Um, look, before we let you go, and, and again, thank you so much for your time uh, to take us through this. It's, it's been great having you on hand to have a chat to about this. But, um, mate, what is it about Dota 2 that just gets your heart racing? Why do you love it so much? And, I, like, I, just to give you an example, you know, the thing that, like, I, I absolutely love Overwatch. I go, I go mad for it. And the thing that, that got me so excited about Overwatch is because I formed this emotional connection from watching all of the the vids and stuff that they put together, the cinematics, and then really enjoyed playing the game and enjoyed playing with my mates. What is it about Dota 2 that sets your heart racing and gives you so much passion about this particular game? I guess I really like the complexity behind it. Um, so there's a lot of mechanics, there's a lot of strategy involved, and I guess the, the learning curve is quite steep. Um, so when you do get into it um, and you get good at it, there's, there's a big skill gap between people who just enter the game. So it does take a bit of effort, a bit of hard work to get there. Um, I, I really appreciate that, that side of the game. Unreal. So that's what, what gets me into it. And uh, look, out of, um, out of this, this tournament that's coming up, I mean, what's the thing that you yourself are most looking forward to seeing? Um, look, I, I really want to see the Australian teams um, get a chance to play against some of these international teams. That's, that's one of the things I'm really excited about because um, we're providing a platform for Australian teams to play against these international teams, which we don't get to see quite often. Um, because there aren't a lot of Australian qualifiers for these international tournaments. Every now and then there are, and it's it's always cool to see. Because Australians, and not just in esports, but in other sports, are quite often the underdog. Um, and it's always it's always nice to, I guess, in true Aussie spirit, to cheer on the underdog. Fantastic, mate. Well, it is the AMD Dota 2 Pro Series. It's happening in Melbourne. Uh, 8th and 9th of December this year, so it's not too far off. It's a $50,000 Australian prize pool supported by some incredible names in Zen Gaming Lounge, Evolution, Twitch, MSY, MSpec Gaming, Black Shatan, and AK Racing, uh, as well as the fact that, you know, some incredible international talent is going to be there, including the Dota 2 International Champions for 2018 Alex Chang is the tournament director, and we really appreciate your time on the Game on Australia, mate. Thank you so much. No problem, Pete. Thanks for having me. Chris Smith is the founder and director of Big Esports. He's had quite a storied history in esports in this country. Some of you may know him from us having spoken about him throughout other episodes of the podcast and uh, having bits and pieces to do with Corsair over the course of time, as well as a whole heap of other things, including the CSGO scene. But it is an absolute pleasure to have him on the Game on Australia podcast for a pretty amazing announcement. G'day, Chris. 
Hello, hello. Happy to be here, mate. How are you? Mate, uh, so good. And thank you so much for giving us your time this week. We thought we'd get you on because we've known each other for a little while and we've been watching the way things have been going for for business in games, which you're the founder and director of, as we mentioned. And now a a fairly big change and it seems some pretty amazing things are on the horizon. But this thing crossed our paths during the week. Uh, Today we announced Big Esports in partnership with the founders of AAA Mobile Game Studio and World Series Poker Channel. Champions, mate. Uh, this is extraordinary. Congratulations on the announcement. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look, it's, it's been a it's been a while coming, but uh, really happy to have this out there. As you know, all good things take time. And uh, while you know myself and many people in the esports business life aren't too patient, sometimes you've got to show a bit of that patience and yeah, let things bubble away behind the scenes before you can throw it out into the public. Exactly right. So, um, look, I, I suppose as I mentioned, I mean, I've I've known you for a little while, and so I know a bit of your history. But for a lot of the uh, listeners of this podcast who are, you know, like us, your, your average gamers and esports sort of lovers, they don't delve too deeply in the behind the scenes of the industry. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your history through esports. No worries. So, it's been about ten years for me now in the space. Started out as many people do, just as a player playing a, a lovely title called Battlefield Two in some top levels around Australia in, in different tournaments and, and playing different roles. For any of those of you who are Battlefield fans, a commander was, was my role of choice. So loved uh, selecting the squads and telling people where to go. But And, uh, mate, yeah. can I, I, I've just got to stop you there because I saw a post pop up this morning. Um, you have yeah. the number two tattooed on your leg, and, and it's to do with Battlefield 2, right? Correct, I do. Come on, tell us a little bit about it. All right, so... I've got a, I've got a uh, best mate down in Tassie where I grew up and um, I went down to see him once and he got the outline of the two tattooed on his arm. I thought he was a little bit crazy, but then decided I had to one-up him. So I got the full thing done on my leg, filled in and everything. And then we went after PAX Australia last year and, and got his coloured in and we're matching. So we took a nice photo last weekend. It was actually his wedding and I was his best man. So we got a lovely Battlefield 2 matching double tattoo together. Oh, mate, that's fantastic. It's it's a, it's a true and pure gaming story, if ever I've heard one. That's great. So following on from Battlefield 2, where'd you go next? Yeah, so I went into a bit of similar to your life, actually. Became a commentator for a while with an online radio station called Net Game Radio. Obviously, in those days, you couldn't stream Twitch TV. There was no not, not good enough upload or download for anyone. So it was all over the radio. So no pictures involved. And obviously, that means I can talk a lot. So I managed to fill in the fill in the blanks there. So I did that for a while and started taking a little bit more ownership and agency within the company. So I started doing some marketing assistance with them. I started doing some game reviews, started commentating for Counter-Strike Source as well as Battlefield 2 and, you know, just trying to help the company grow a bit and ended up getting presented with the opportunity to help commentate and run a $30,000 Counter-Strike Source tournament for a, a company who ended up liking what I did so much. They offered me a job. So I moved up from Tassie, where I grew up, to Victoria to work for Thermaltake and TD Esports for four years in, in marketing, uh, PR, community management, etc. And uh, yeah, it kind of blossomed from there. I was a semi-professional Counter-Strike player during that time in a, in a top four, top five Australian team. I you know, run some gaming teams, managed some professional players, done a lot of influencer work. I had a stint as a journalist for about a year, year and a half while I was at university, writing about tech articles, doing reviews and some and opinion articles on esports and otherwise. And, um, yeah, I've decided that I'd like to work for myself and mainly would like to promote the Australian esports scene and push it forward. And for me, it's it's all on the business side. You know, I want to help not just people make money, but help the scene grow. 
because ultimately in the end, a lot of it's about the players, whether they're the professionals or the new people coming up. And look, for me, I didn't have those opportunities to play professional at that time. So I'm uh, now kind of enabling some others to be able to do that. Um, with that in mind, you know, I, I guess around about uh, there, business in games was created. Am, am I right? Yes. Yeah, it was. So, you know, business in games were big, just started out as a podcast only. And, you know, as many startups do, for, for anyone who's interested in getting into the startup space, I highly suggest reading a book by Eric Rees called The Lean Startup. And what you do is you create a minimum viable product, which is a very simple company. Think of it as an alpha or a beta, just like a video game. That works and, and can function and can move, but it's definitely nothing polished or finished. You push it out there, do some testing, do some changing, um, take it back off the road for a bit, you know, maybe put on some new wheels or some different decals, put it back out there and see how it goes. And, and in the end, you know, once you've done that 1% of the time, bam, all of a sudden you've got yourself a company. That's amazing. So Business in Games itself has been around for how long? So Business in Games itself, say about a year and a half now um and for me full-time i've been working since the 20th of april so we're just coming up over four months full-time for me into this now and throughout that period as well um you've also been a part of something pretty special for the industry you you know you speak uh, about things like um making sure that there's you know responsible ways to treat players and so on and so forth and that's where uh, another little side project of yours came about yeah, exactly. So, yeah, what you're talking about is obviously the EGAA, the Esports Games Association Australia. So that functions as a member-based organisation. So that means that the members actually get to join and have voting power and get to make the decisions over what's, what's done. And, look, a lot of that was that, you know, people like myself and others who've been around the industry for a long time, we don't necessarily know exactly what the people on the ground want to get done, but we often have the contacts and, and knowledge on how to actually get these things done. So we need them to be able to provide us with some direction. So, you know, nothing else. It's fairly standard uh, democracy way, I think it's set up, you could say, where the constituents or the, or the members or the people can kind of say, hey, you know, here's what we need to get done and here's how we need help. And, you know, a lot of that so far has been looking at promoting diversity in esports, which is something that's, that's wildly lacking. Um, and also talking to a lot of the teams as well, because, you know, teams are kind of the fastest growing component of esports right now. So we want to say to them, hey, you know, how can we help you make money? What are your struggles and what do you need help with? And sometimes that's things like contracts or basic uh, understandings of how to set up business or do their tax and, you know, some other boring things like that. And other times it's it's even more exciting things on, you know, the best ways to operate a tournament structure and, and how to, how you know, all that kind of money flows through or different rule sets they want changed and things like that. Compared to the rest of the world with, uh, who have been, you know, um having fairly well-versed esports tournaments and cultures uh, for a lot longer than Australia has. What is it that, uh, that Australia is missing at the moment or some of the things that, some of the real prevalent issues that, that are, you know, around in Australian esports and gaming right now? Look, a lot of it in Australia is very similar to globally. And, you know, I had this discussion yesterday uh, with a client and a lot of it is about people that are figuring out how to make money at the moment. So some people were asking me um, in a couple of interviews not too long ago whether esports is like the dot-com bubble and the dot-com boom where, you know, 20 years ago or so now everybody was making websites because everybody was going to go online and everybody was going to sell everything online and everybody was going to become rich, kind of like Bitcoin. So, you know, people were making carpet sales online and truck sales online and it turns out that after they spent all this money, there was no way to make that money back because there weren't any users. So then everything fell over. There was a big crash. Whereas in esports at the moment, there's actually 
millions of fans. And in Australia, there's, hun- there's tens to hundreds of thousands of fans in esports. But people aren't sure how to unlock those fans and to how to contact them and then not sure how to make money out of them once they have them contacted. So that's a lot of the issue at the moment. There's a lot of what we call non-endemic companies who you know, aren't currently in esports that want to spend money in the space and investors. And there's a lot of fans, but it's that portion in the middle that people are trying to figure out at the moment. Because it's not as easy as just making a website like it was for the dot-com boom. Mm-hmm. So you've got the same three portions. You've got the people, the medium, and then you've got the money. So right now, the dot-com boom in the past was missing the people. Uh, we've got that. We're just missing the medium in the centre right now. Gotcha. Um, I mean, you mentioned non-endemics. There is, There are examples, um, I don't have to tell you, that um, they are starting to look into the space. I mean, you look at Gfinity, for example, the Elite Series, and you've got mm. Dare Ice Coffee who have, who have thrown their hat in the ring. And um, so I, I think the time very much is ripe for, for this to be pushing forward. Yeah, exactly. Look, there's there's been quite a few non-endemics and, you know, when I actually put them all down on a slide to, to present to some people during a recent uh, speaking tour with the Ministry of Sport, it was crazy to see how many. But, you know, even rattling some at the top of our heads, you know, uh, Peter's uh, or Nestle Maxibon, they were one of the first non-endemics to come into space, which is fantastic. And, you know, you've seen the telcos come in now with some support from Ovo Mobile, Boost Mobile and, and wider Telstra. You know, there's been AFL teams come in, but the AFL themselves, as far as, you know, brands go, there's Dare Ice Coffee, Maccas, um, Schnitz did some play in 2015, 2016. You've had Banks in here as well, um, you know, Hungry Jacks with the OPL. Um, and you're seeing some rather large investors in Australia starting to pay attention as well. People that are holding multiple billion dollars in portfolio, um, taking interest in esports and wondering where to place their money. How... In your mind, as far as esports in this country is concerned, like a lot of people liken it to the wild, wild west right now, and, and that's a, a very fair um, sort of summation of it, although it is slowly getting better. Um, how long do you reckon it ta- it, it'll take Australian esports? So how many years before we're out of that sort of wild, wild west era and we're into a, a really nice, professional, streamlined era of Australian esports? Honestly, it's really hard to say. The, the advantage of esports is the fact that you can make a new brand and be competitive fairly quickly, but then that also means that people who tote they can make a new brand can kind of you know, win over investors and, and non-endemic brands and kind of sell them the story without actually being able to action on it. So you could say globally that, you know, it, depending on how you look at it, the Wild Wild West doesn't exist in America because there's some companies that are worth $30 million, like Cloud9, et cetera. Um, however, you could you could also say that it still exists because sometimes if you come in with a $100 million investment, you could make a large team to be competitive on a global scale. So if you look at a team like Fnatic, who's actually two Australian founders, um, it's a mum and a son founder. Um, they've been based in London for many, many moons now. You know, they're, they're valued at, at less than a team that was made... A, you know, eight years ago or so, and they've got a 20-year history. So it's not always the people that have stuck around for a long time that are worth a lot more, a la, you know, Toyota versus a new car brand trying to start, minus Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really it's really hard to say. And obviously, you know, in Australia, that means that all the dollar values are a lot lower. And money is worth pretty similar in Australia than it is to the US. You know, 10 bucks is 10 bucks, or 10 million is 10 million. So if you've got a team that's worth $30 million, it's not that easy to convince some investor, no matter how rich people are, you know, $30 million is a lot of money. Yeah, it people is. don't stay rich by throwing that away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to be competitive in Australia, 
if you pull one, two million out of your back pocket, you can definitely have a top-level team. But if you do that in the US, you, you're going to have to pull some fancy cards to, to be able to do that yourself. Unreal. Now, uh, look, there are, obviously, we have our, our, our great audience that listens to this podcast. And as time goes on over the last couple of years, we've um, noted that there are a lot more uh, industry insiders that have taken to listening to Game on Australia as well. And, you know, they're probably people that are looking for answers that business in games uh, is going to be able to provide as things go on and, and even now. Um, how would you uh, summarise what business in games esports is going to be doing for Australian esports moving forward? Sure. So, so with so with big esports, there's a there's a couple of different things that we do, and usually it's split up into the B two C, which is business to consumer, and the B two B, which is business to business. So, for the business people listening, the B two B side, we do mainly strategy consultancy and education with non-endemic brands and investors and, and you know, increasingly doing more with endemics too. And what that generally involves is actually teaching people how to do their own research and how to understand esports from a business sense. So we find that some people will um, just want to, you know, take a bit of money to run a project and keep the client in the dark. But unfortunately, that means that if the client changes internal processes or isn't happy with that one particular company, which happens sometimes, they might never come back to esports because they don't understand what they're investing in. They don't understand the value of it and what they're paying for. So you can kind of liken that to the old adage of a, of a wife going to a mechanic and, and the mechanic saying, we need to change your, your blinker fluid and things like that. So we like to educate people to help them understand it, to have their own buy-in and, and then do a bit of strategy with them as well and talk about, here's some different ways you can enter the market. Here are some ways that other people have done but giving them an understanding of the costs as well. So not just how much it costs you to sponsor a team, but here's actually how much money the team has to pay in salaries and travel and housing. Um, and here's the money that they're likely to win um, and get back. So they can get an understanding of the whole market and then they can decide because, you know, in esports, there's so many opportunities. You can sponsor a, a team. If you're a brand, you know, you might want to sponsor influencers. You might want to sponsor an event, maybe all of the above, maybe a trade show, you know, maybe some business to business stuff, some conferences, and you know, PR companies, etc., reviewers—they're all different. And there's so uh, many a podcast. Ways you can get if I can throw that in there, a podcast. Yeah, a podcast <laughs> as well, fantastic. So you know, it's, it's like traditional sports, right? It, you know, the only—if you think about it, a lot of people only think about teams in esports. But in traditional sports, there's so much more than just Collingwood Football Club that runs onto the field. There's so much more to that. So there's so many different ways you can get involved. And you know, as for the business to consumer stuff, we've got a couple of events coming up soon. We'll have a. We'll have a boot camp that's announced for some people to come along and learn about some different things, including health and wellness and getting better at the game and, and um, about technology. We've got some mentoring courses that we run as well online and, and a bit of a podcast of our own, which is, which is usually monthly, which is live in a venue in different states around Australia, kind of talking about special business topics. Unreal. Mate, um, AAA Game, Mobile Game Studio and World Series Poker Champion uh, have jumped on board with this. You're in partnership with those, and mm. that's really exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about those two entities? Sure. So the investment comes from uh, the founders of Playside Studios, which is actually where we're based out of here as well in Port Melbourne. So Jerry Suckers being the CEO and, and co-founder and, and um, his other co-founders around him, I chatted to them a while ago through LinkedIn. Uh, the power of LinkedIn is quite good, and and um, just gave them a bit of education on what esports is because they had some ideas to get involved. And they came back to me and said, hey, look, I know we chatted about all this stuff, but we like you and we like what you're doing. So can we get involved with you instead? So, you know, that's where that discussion kind of started off from. And, you know, during those discussions as well, I talked to Joe Hashem as well, who's very well known in the poker community around here in Melbourne. He's the face of 
of poker at Crown and he's trying quite a few different innovative ideas in poker at the moment on how to reinvigorate the game a little bit and see how he can add team-based play into poker and, and change some things up because it's been quite the same for a while. And, and look, he, he said something that I agree with a lot was he doesn't fully understand esports, but he knows it's going to be something massive and it's something that he wants to get his foot in the door and involved with. So be working with um, with uh, those those two groups plus a, a couple of smaller private partners as well to yeah help grow esports in Australia. And look, ultimately that that's what the that's what we're trying to do here at, at Big at Big Esports is to just grow esports in Australia in the business sense to give everybody a bit more of opportunity to be able to compete better against themselves and also better against the rest of the world. Well, we want to see that happen, mate. So we wish you all the best. Um, we really appreciate your time here. Chris Smith is the founder and director of Big Esports. There's business in games. And if you want to get in touch, if people listening to this want to get in touch with you because they've uh, liked what they've heard and they want to chase that up and get involved, where can they uh, reach you, mate? Yeah, fantastic. Just on Twitter is probably one of the easiest, at Smithy Mayo or Chris at bigesports.gg is my email if you want to get in touch or just bigesports.gg is the URL if you want to check out the website too. Unreal. Good on you, Chris. Thank you very much for your time on Game in Australia. Happy to be here. Trade and Save Big Games in Willerton. How can I be of help? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, my name's Pete. I'm uh, after Rails. Well, that might be me. Oh, jeez, it's you? <laughs> oh, far out. I didn't even... Re- I don't know why. I didn't recognise your voice over oh, the phone. That's my official, you know, answering the phone voice. Oh, now we've got the rails we know. <laughs> now she's back. How are you, beautiful? I'm good, my doll. How are you? I am uh, going really, really well. Uh, things are going good. Looking forward to the end of the year. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, but uh, look, we just wanted to check in um, really quickly. We won't keep you too long because yes, we, we know that you, as you, as we just heard, you're at work. You're at EB Games. I Wallpaper hanger. Right, so let's get stuck into this. Black Friday sales. Take us through what's happening at EB. Okay, pretty much. Yeah, I should probably say the entire company's on sale, but that's probably a bit silly. Um, yeah, so basically, though, what's happening is the stores are all setting up today. Um, like most retailers, we've got some amazing specials coming up. Um, now, I'll tell you in advance, there's a lot of stuff I'm not allowed to talk about, so mm-hmm. don't ask me for prices because I'm not allowed to tell you. Okay. <laughs> so what I can tell you is Xbox have already gone on sale. Awesome. Um, so they've kicked in early. Um, we have a couple of amazing Xbox hardware bundle offers at the moment. So we've got the One S console for 299 with Forza Horizon and the Fortnite digital content. Yep. Um, The one that I'm really pumped for at the moment is the uh, Xbox One X. Um, It comes with Forza Horizon 4, Forza 6, uh, Halo 5, Gears of War 4, and the Halo Master Chief Collection for $549. Get out! Yeah, so $270 off that one at the moment, and that's available in most stores now. Like, you can get that at any time. So that's pretty awesome. Um, we do have a police station hardware bundle starting tomorrow, obviously a terabyte bundle, which is out of this world. It's about a $361 saving, I think it is. Far out. That's um, insane. Can't say much more than that, but it's spectacular. Um, we've got deals coming up on controllers for Xbox and PS4, which are also incredible. Um, I had to read it twice because I didn't think it was actually legit. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. There'll be lots of Chrissy presents coming up. Um, we've got an awesome deal if people are looking for, like, Christmas gifts and stuff. 
any of the Fallout fans around? Um, is the tricentennial edition of Fallout on any format, any platform? Yeah. It also comes with a Fallout 76 pop vinyl, $19 and under. You get your pick of whichever pop vinyl you want and the Fallout soundtrack for $98. Wow, that's, that, um, is, uh, that is a really good deal. Uh, that is a really good deal. It's like 50 bucks off the total package, so yep. that's a thing. Um, we have, what else have we got? Have I not covered? Oh, the actual pop vinyls in general, um, anything $18 and under is buy two, get one free. Um, most stores have a really good selection of all sorts of different stuff from gaming to TV, movies, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, all your pop culture stuff. So there's lots of stuff happening there. Um, we have massive, massive price drops on a lot of the software tomorrow. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going like 50, under 50% off, cheaper than 50%. Um, so definitely worth checking out. Um, the big thing kicking off for Black Friday and Christmas this year is we now do offer Afterpay. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like super easy to do. You just need to download the app. Uh, we've had customers buying stuff in store on Afterpay and the order comes through within a minute. They're literally standing in the store waiting to take their goods home. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, so that, that can be done too. It has to be applied for online, but it's it's a pick-up in store. Easy, easy as. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots of really cool stuff happening. Um, and obviously our Black Friday sale runs from tomorrow um, up until Monday, at close of business Monday. So there's four days to jump in and get the bargains. Yep, so and for people listening to this uh, at any time, that'll be Friday the 23rd of November right through until Monday the 26th of November. Correct, and it finishes when we close at 5.30 on Monday. Um, however, the starting time for the Black Friday online is in WA, 9 o'clock, because it's obviously midnight live in the eastern states. Yep. Yep. So anyone in WA can jump online from nine o'clock. That's um, that and, is um, and your, your online orders, which will be processed in the store the following morning. Yeah, wicked. That's awesome. So yeah, lots of fun. And that, we get to play this really cool soundtrack with lots of really good, you know, like songs relating to black things, which is really good. Black <laughs> in black and all of that fun stuff. We get some really cool music. As black well. Betty. Tell me, Black Betty's in yeah, there. Black Betty's on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we get all the really cool jams. It's awesome. Unreal. Now, uh, look, a, a couple of other things, and these are questions without notice, but um, Christmas itself, the Christmas period, I assume extended trading hours as per usual? Yeah, pretty much. A couple of the stores, I think, like, uh, Frank Hubbard Joondalup is, is already into, like, a, a, a little bit more extended hours than most of the stores. Uh, generally, all stores in WA kick off on Friday the 14th, so we have the Thursday night, late night. The Friday is also 8 to 9, and then we start extended trading over the weekends, and um, the following week, every store is 8 to 9 p.m., and uh, Christmas Eve is the only exception that we usually close at 5.30 normal time on that, so obviously everyone can get home to their families. So. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, lots of extended hours, lots of fun stuff, and heaps of cool things to buy. So. And I, I guess really the last major AAA title that we're looking forward to for the year... Smash Brothers! Smash Brothers, that's it. So far out. What a year it's been in video games, uh, Rails. I mean, I, I can't remember a year where we've had... Just title after title after title, uh, you know, uh, the best of the best, um, yep. just rolling out. So it's yep. it's I been a big, de- big, been a big year for you guys. It has. It's been massive for everyone. It's just awesome, and it's not letting up. Like we're literally going to get through Christmas and the school holidays, and 
all the other fun stuff starts after that. There's heaps of new titles for January, February, March. Um, stuff's getting announced all the time. We've got Anthem coming out um, in January. Uh, no, sorry, February now, I think. So, yeah, there's, yep. there's lots and lots and lots to look forward to. So always an exciting time in the gaming industry, that's for sure. Unreal. Well, a pleasure as always, Rails. You are Thanks, just Carla. sensational. Thank you so much for uh, giving us a bit of time and walking us through the, the Black Friday sales and uh, appearing into Christmas as well. We appreciate it. Always happy to do it, love. Thanks, as always, for your support. You guys rock. Woo! Well, that's it. Far out. What an episode. My favourite bit. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And a big thank you to all of our guests, Alex Chang from Convictus, Chris Smith from Business in Games, and, of course, just then, Rails May from EB Games. Go and see her. She's one of the all-time greats. And when she said, Frank, uh, if you live in Perth, He's uh, our mate Francesco Macri, who you hear on the podcast uh, from time to time as well. Dan will be back next week, as well as us going through the 12 games of Christmas. We will bring you up to speed on absolutely everything that you need to know and how to get involved. Oh, bugger it. I'll reveal one. Xbox, you legends. They've sent us an Xbox One S 500 gigabyte console with 12 months of Games Pass subscription just to get you set for the new year. Yeah, let that sink in for a little bit. That's one, just one of the days for the 12 days of Christmas uh, sale. Did I say 12 days of Christmas? I did. Who cares? Gamers, love them. Uh, All right, have a great weekend in gaming. Thank you so much to all of our great mates who help us out with the podcast, andrewhoag.com and uh, PLE Computers, as well as the rest. Gameonaus.com and all of our socials. Go and check out what the guys are doing, doing great work from our team there. And as we always say... Do not forget to save.